Hey guys, you're tuned into yet another episode of Cocktails and Cousins with your favorite cousins, Dream the Doll, Trinice, and Trey. Yo. Okay, guys, what's new? Um, I found the entire complete season of The Office, all the seasons. So I'm going to go through and watch that religiously. Where'd you find this shit from? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Was it Amazon? Of course, probably Amazon. Um, It was Walmart. It was Walmart. You're right. It was Walmart. We were together. Um, and it's just got like behind it. First of all, for all my office fans out there, shout out to y'all. Cause y'all the real ones. And, um, it just got like all this behind the scenes stuff, all this extra stuff. And I'm into that because y'all know I'm into filming and everything. So I'm really excited about that. And I also have a business trip coming up, going to another city, another state handling some business that I'm super excited about. All right. That sounds wonderful. Um, I am in my creative bag. It's hoodie season. Hmm best time so yeah brain's just wandering right now dream you um two things on you for me um also i'm in my creative bag just like you look i want to be like you walk (laughs) like you too (laughs) okay mowgli (laughs) not really but (laughs) (laughs) but no i just um i'm working on making these tops they're like breastplates um Go to my Instagram page. I the definitely ate that look, honey. <laughs> I ate that yes, look. you did. I and saw also it. something definitely. that's not new, but old, but is new because Aaliyah's self-titled album just dropped on all um, streaming platforms. It dropped last week. You talked about it last week. No, the um, Aaliyah, the self-titled today. one dropped last night or today. You talked about it last week. I didn't. Trey well, talked about yeah. it. Well, but even though he brought it up, what I, I'm saying, yeah, I didn't hit my point. It's it. new for I'm me. Sorry. I didn't okay. talk about that. I'm sorry. Um, so if you know, you know, I care for you is my favorite song off I of that self-titled album, honey. I make sure the mood is right. I put my lights all red, child. Yes, you know, the album red. is red. And I be in here just going through it, child. Because second grade me in my room with my skylight because I was not allowed to have a window. <laughs> in the rain, listening to the CD. Those skylights were horrible, honey. They you used to hear pigeons like on them. Yes, and pigeons. hours was like coming out the right bathroom. The bathroom. So it was terrible. I took a shit. I she smelled it in my room. <laughs> I hated it. The steam from the bathroom. It was just yes, terrible. I, I was like, be so mad. Glad I'm bathroom. not Trey. Yes, that was a punishment. But um, yeah, I used to play rock the boat all the time because that was my jam. Don't even play with me right now in the second grade. What? So it's my jam. When what? I say Aaliyah, um, and you um, know what? I was thinking earlier when I was listening to her CD, like, try again. Like, we had motivational songs. I know I can't be what I want to be. That was my joke. Dust yourself off and try again. These kids don't have nothing to look forward to. They tell them to kill it yeah, so many said, songs. Somebody said, um, somebody said that they, uh, their little cousin listened to Rod Wave and he was like, It's time to be in my depression bag. I'm like, Yes, that's, that's just terrible. Like, I get yes, it. I am. I guess all everything is just about depression, suicidal. It's just like it's everything has gotten progressively worse every single thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I understand, you know, this generation is more emotional and they're more connected, but it's like, there has, where's the light? Because, mm-hmm. but this is the thing, there is light, it's just not as promoted. That's it. You know, when you think mm-hmm. about how we grew up, we was raised on glitz and glamour. Like, we glamorized, like, like just the music video industry having ambition all that type mm-hmm, of stuff mm-hmm. so our mindset is just and then different. them rapping about their assets yeah and them rapping like, it. It, it gave us something to see visually because music videos came about when we were kids yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. a thing like 90s beyond nobody was checking for a video yeah. it was a song it was a record in the 80s then it was a song and then yeah. 2000s it was like the video was all you right. needed to mm-hmm. see and performances so we had something visual to attach to something to listen to something to go back to mm-hmm. as though now it's like you look at music videos it's a bunch of niggas rolling up showing guns in the video or it's ass everywhere or somebody talking about they dying they crying depression rap was like it's just like damn like where is the not saying where's the happiness but like it's just a different like you said sign of the time just different yeah. vibe and their generation just has a different outlook yeah. I wonder what they look forward to. Y'all getting old. Y'all getting old. Y'all hear y'all. I don't mind this it. Generation. I, I love, this generation. I love it. These whippers snappers. I love being a But no, no, cause. yeah, legit. It's it's really like watching it, um, and just seeing certain things. Like I know that's why the the people that are in my life, I try to put them onto things that I was on because that's the stuff of substance. Like 
like with Summer and them, like watching mm-hmm. the older shows, listening. watching, listening to the older music, looking at the older videos, because if you don't keep that going, this will, what's now will be the only influence for, for the future. Mm. But if you think about it, like there are people that still are kind of like looking at the old to create a new. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really where I'm being optimistic. Like we just need to expose the now to more of the goodness of what was back then because it was a lot of trash back then too like we see a lot of niggas out here rapping this and that but a lot of our rap back then was horrible as well and the video just wasn't that like but yeah. it was a lot of really trashy stuff like look at uncle luke like the things like people have, luke, the blueprint people have opened up the door and i think in opening the door they didn't realize how deep that it was or even that people don't want to build something new that's true yeah just like they just take a little kim yeah, the female hip hop is what she made of it. True. And no, I mean other people are doing things, but the that's the biggest influence. Yeah, just the and then visually the, especially. Uh huh. And then the audience is just on that one because we do have people like Rap City whose talks Absolutely. is more of a like a Queen Latifah, Rodiga, mm, and people yeah. like that. But because that is what everybody is um going towards that's when they glamorized. make their career. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like it's still because the same. this the thing people jump out the gate that way because they want the reaction and then they just mm-hmm. unfold, unfold who they really are. Like and I either. think it's also the familiar, the familiar. I don't know, y'all know me. I'm a stumble over some words. The famili- <laughs> familiar, familiarity. Yes, that. Did I even say it right. No. Yeah, Trinice, okay. get help Trinice, us. Go you ahead. can just say being familiar, but familiarity, okay. yes, familiarity. Uh, so I don't like that already. That's just saying uh, being familiar, familiar. just yeah, saying so being too familiar. If you already, get I feel like familiar. that's what everything. <laughs> I feel like that's what everything in the industry. When it's already an audience for that, it's like you can't really lose nothing, or it's not yeah. you jeopardize anything because you know you can cater to people that already yeah. is like that. Just like my big thing in movies, they always make re um, they always recreate Reboots, movies. Yeah, so it's like. Why don't y'all want to just make your own stuff? Yeah, so that is really, and I think especially being in the, the film industry and the stuff like that, like I hate when it's like, we're redoing what we did in the mm-hmm. 70s. Like, why? Why? Like, because especially if it still stands up, like a lot mm-hmm. of our 90s sitcoms, they are still solid mm-hmm. because black people are present, past, future. But like, what? It, and then I think there's so much more that we can go into instead of just rehashing or re reimagining the past. Mm-hmm. No create the future yes and then another thing with that is people have this expectation because the thing before it was recreated was so great yeah so it's like when you give it to us yeah what the well, hell i think is this? i think that's, that's just what like we as space a millennial jam. we deal with because the first space jam was astonishing no you don't think the first one was as a kid i do but when you go back and watch it it was not it was not no i still think it was i hated the whole like the baseball part and then like that it was definitely drawing a lot of parts why is bill murray in it i don't know <laughs> but like it's certain things when the you baseball really, part did was kind of yeah, like when you that's go back had to let y'all know exactly that he was transitioning mm. not like he's changed y'all know what i'm saying <laughs> but like with with us a lot of things were glamorized because we saw this as a child so then we have a connection as a child and this is what something that i try to do when i'm looking at shows and stuff and they, they are rebooting it or doing it over because my loyalty is to what i saw first mm-hmm. My first emotional connection was with this one thing. And then you're going to do it over. So I'm already like, is it giving me the same feeling? Are these aesthetics the same? Am I still like, it's not going to be the same. And I watched Space Jam 2. And I personally was like, I could have passed. Like, I, it wasn't mm-hmm. for me. But the kids that watched it, they loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, loved it. Just and like then, we loved it. Yeah, like, we love Space Jam. I'm sure our parents was like, the hell is this? This cartoons, Michael Jackson dunking on cartoons. Like, what is this? <laughs> but, like, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I just feel like we have to keep in mind that the future... People are literally taking, like they say, the microwave generation for a reason. Things made in the oven, to me, they taste more rich. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's more of a process. Like, you know this person really took the time. They've been watching it, doing this. But people would be like, why would I spend all this time in the oven when I can use the microwave? And that's literally the mindset for everything, art-wise and all of that. Because guess what? cup of ramen noodles heated up in that microwave tastes better than damn right, boiling they, water and pull it they, into the cup no it don't no it to don't to me it do you, ramen off the pack cup of noodles no cup of noodles oh no not oh, cup of noodles I don't eat no cup of noodles I'd rather noodles. eat my <laughs> fingers than eat a goddamn cup of noodles I don't I, it's not my fingers I eat a leather jacket if I eat that shit <laughs> <laughs> no like the one in the pack the flat pack, pack of noodles that's they go on the store and noodles babies yeah. but that cup of noodles that's yeah, gentrified so, and to say, to say that in relation to the arts that we're talking about it's like okay 
when this person did it, this is the this is the ingredients. This is what they had to do. But I can get this same result quicker if I just do this stuff. Mm. Like this was dicey because she jumped up here and did this. If I jump up here first, I'm already on the same level. So they're literally just taking the the big the highlights and trying to use that to create what they're doing. So that's why it's just getting worse and worse. It's like sports players now dunking is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But before it was more about the game and basketball IQ and this and that. Now it's like who's the best dunker? Or who's the best? It's like it literally is just people trying to out highlight the other people. Because mm-hmm. people only want to know what works, so they can just skip to the end result. Yeah, because they want the nobody's results first. cultivating their own lane. Nobody's finding their strong suit. Like you could be a fire three point shooter, but if all you know is niggas were checking for dunkers, you throwing away your yeah. own because you don't want to stand alone. Yeah. You like forget that. I need to get better at dunking. When in reality, you could be further ahead by doing what you're already good yeah, at. Yeah, we like Steph Curry. Shout out to Steph's. Not to his parents, but y'all down. Uh, yikes. Now he going through loving basketball. <laughs> yo, that's sick, yo. But what are we speaking on today? What are we speaking on and sipping on? What are we sipping on, Dre? We are sipping on a mental meltdown. Oh! Mm. Extra meltdown. ice. <laughs> and we will be talking about mental health today. And it's ster- is, um, not stereotypical. Stigma, stigma, yes, the yes, stigma, the stigma of being. First of all, black people as a whole. Then we're gonna just get into lanes of black men start just not want to do mental health. But black people, I love that how our generation is adopting therapy, and we're we're pushing back against the old generation saying like, "What you crazy? You need a therapist?" Like you know, yeah. it's not that. It's the fact that it's okay to need help, and mm-hmm. it's okay to say that. You cannot process and handle this load on your own because if y'all did that, maybe y'all would be further in life and maybe y'all wouldn't be blaming everybody maybe else. Maybe we wouldn't be so fucked up. Right. That y'all too. just unloaded y'all mental health problems on us and now we like, look, this look, this battle is not mine. It is the <laughs> Lord's. And I'm finna call on him and it's okay. So, you know, I think that mental health is, is it's a thing. I think everybody has something. Like, I don't think there's no person working this, walking this earth that does not have some type of mental health issue or something people just seem to deal with it better yeah than it's others. just the coping or the lack of awareness or suppression um i think that you, everything you said is absolutely spot on yes miss adams mm. right i said the church did what they had to do with that because all the sinners know that's how it's about that it never would have made it they know that one never Never, never. never. No, see, they they, they <laughs> messed it up but like with mental health i feel like people don't approach it as just health and that's why they say mental health, because like you have to do these regular things for your actual health. Like physically, you have to do things like yes. you got to get a physical certain times. Like your you brain get, is a part of your body. Exactly. Also. And I think us actually seeing our emotions and our, our mentality and things like that as a part of our health and just taking care of it holistically will help to get rid of that stigma. Because you're not going to shame nobody that you saw break their legs, say, I'm going to the hospital. What you gonna be like? No, you a whore. You going to the hospital? No, people be like, yeah, you should go. You need to get this fixed because we know if you don't fix this, it'll lead to other things. But when it comes to your mental health, if you tell somebody like, you know, I really haven't been feeling like myself, and I'm really sad. It's like, oh, you are. You'll be fine. And it's like, why do you have that mentality? Right. Because if your brain goes bad, the body goes with it too. So Next, the brain I think, the body. yeah, that's the thing. So I was put on to like my um my interest started with mental health is. Because Dr. Um, Leonard McKelvey, <laughs> a.k.a. Um, Charlemagne the Lenard. God. Yeah, <laughs> Leonard. Brother Leonard. <laughs> but yeah, um, I when I started first listening to podcasts a lot, well, it's not really podcasts, but it's on like a podcast platform, mm-hmm. um, The Breakfast Club. He just was speaking about mental health and all like him battling with things and him actually seeking help for it. And that was the first time that I openly heard a black male speak about mm-hmm. mental well-being. Yeah. So I really like he um, inspired me to like actually want to do more, do a journey with my mental health or whatever. I haven't yet, but when the money and insurance get right, honey, best believe I will. <laughs> Amen to that. See if you can put me on your insurance too. Child, I'm barely on my damn insurance. <laughs> your mental, like what made you aware of your mental health or the importance of mental health? I think as of late, because I mean, I've. I mean, like beginning. Oh. Like he said, his introduction was, like, what was your introduction to the importance of mental health? Mm-hmm. 
I feel like mm-hmm. it was more so when I saw it up close, like when you took the step and was like, I'm going to go to therapy because like we've seen, I've seen like celebrities, people like that. Like, you know, we yeah. still always had the stigma about like going to a therapist Yeah. or like even in TV shows, like I always say like, that's something rich people do. Like yeah. being mm-hmm. regular, like we don't incorporate that in our day to day. Like I can't afford that. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to struggle because I can't afford that. But in reality, it should not be a luxury. It should be a necessity. It should mm-hmm. be, absolutely. And we say it's a luxury because, like I said, when you see them going to a therapist, like, oh, white people or rich people or even, like, shows like Girlfriends and stuff. And we've seen when Joan went to a therapist, like, it's something like, we know she a lawyer, she got money, she can afford that. Yeah. And we always see that they go for a little bit in that long time. Like, yeah. it's not, like, from beginning to end or, like, something that um, I think is a good uh, reference, like The Sopranos. The thing that made that show so, I feel like that they, that they made it such a big thing is because it was controversial. This is a guy who was a mob boss in the early 2000s that's going to see a, a therapist. Mm. And they're like, first of all, as a man going to therapist, you Italian, you know, you're mm-hmm. supposed to be so tough. You're a mob boss. Why the hell are you going to see a therapist? And even when you watch the show, his own mother was like, I'm embarrassed that you, you're mm. going to see a therapist. Like, he was hiding it from his crew. He was hiding. Like, he didn't even want other families to know that he was going because they saw it as a weakness. It was like, yeah. they know that Tony going to therapist, like... And he, like, he was pissed that people knew. He was swearing people to secrecy. But in reality, when you really watched it, like, his, it came from him having panic attacks. And he mm-hmm. found out his dad was having them. And then when they unpacked it, like, from the first episode to the end, it's literally about him being a therapist. He mm-hmm. talks to his therapist almost every episode, and you just get to hear about, you see all the things that he talks about in therapy. That's mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it's I like, yeah, so I in reality, like, I, I never it. knew what the Sopranos was about. I just thought it was about killing murder and all that. Which is and, why she wanted to watch it. <laughs> yes, because I love crime. Yes. And so when I watched it, I'm like, yo, this show is about a man in therapy who happens to be a crime boss. Mm. It was so controversial. So watching it, obviously, I watched it recently. Yeah. But at the same time, for me, again, nigga, I can't afford no goddamn therapist. So if y'all have some free ones, send the link. Uh, but. I'm sorry. Another one, Insecure. Yeah. Molly got her therapist. Also, yeah. rich lawyer girl. Yes. Um, I'll say my introduction to mental health awareness was college. Um, it wasn't until like we when I got to campus and they was all like, oh, this is this, this is that, this is our health center, and this is this like for mental this and that, and like people were talking about taking he- mental health days. I was like, what is that? Never, I had never heard of that concept because we were taught you grind every day, good day, but bad day, did, rain shine. We did have. I can say at a point like I remember like you can take take a mental health day. I remember that. Like you can take yeah, you can have a break. Yes, I've we heard didn't have that. that. I've heard that like a mental health day or whatever, but it was never like. I thought it was just something made up. I didn't know it was a real thing. Well, everything's made up. But I just, I say that about everything, but everything is made up. Um, So, like, once I got to school and it was, like, it was accessible. Because, like, that's really the biggest thing, I think, for a lot of underrepresented communities is the access to mental health resources. Mm-hmm. Um, Because you can use your insurance to go to therapy. You can't, you, you just yeah, have you to look into have a copay, honey. Yeah, you do. But mm-hmm. you got a copay when you go to the doctor. Like, mm-hmm. so it's just like, and I think that still we still let a limb fall off if they don't they sure pay will. For Or they'll do what a lot of people do. They go and get billed. Like that. It's just, it's the same sort of process. But I think again, because Should of the stigma. got to move to Canada, honey. <laughs> because yes. of, yeah, because of the stigma, it's already like, even though this is something I can do, I'm not going to because I can't socially. Right. So like you said, I think. Um, being exposed to it and being able to access it really showed me like, this is something I can do. Like this is plausible. And I decided to start going to therapy. I started once and I stopped. I pulled a Joan um, because I didn't like my therapist. Like it it was a white woman and she just wasn't, I was like, I can't explain every black. (laughs) I can't explain this to you in a way that you're not hearing my problem. I have to explain my life in this way. And I was like, no. And she legit was just like, yeah, yeah, you're saying the right things. I think you're on the right path. Mm. If I wanted a yes man, I can find somebody, honey. I'm not going to pay you to be mm-hmm. one. And so but, then, go ahead. Oh, the notes I took from listening to Charlemagne, he basically said, like, he wanted somebody who couldn't relate to him. Mm. So it couldn't be like, okay, yeah, I know what you're going through or whatever. Ooh, what happened to my voice, honey? I just went up a whole outside. Uh, well, <laughs> this is my thing. I think that in that aspect, the reason I do like therapists is because they are not directly involved in the situation. So, like, I do have a female, a black female therapist now, but she doesn't know anybody that I know. She doesn't know any of that. So, she is still not connected. But I like to have that person that can relate. Like, she can understand if I say, like, X, Y, Z, whatever. If I say a certain thing, it's not like, 
what do you mean by that? What is this statement exactly? Like, now we do that about how I say things and, and that actually works. But like, as far as white people asking me to explain myself versus black people understanding me and asking me to explain my motive is different to me. Okay, like you just said um, about your therapy experience. I actually had therapy um, when I was younger for like bad behavior and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I do wish that I would have, because I was young and I just didn't get like what it was all about. I just knew I was going to place at the school mm. um, probably once a week or twice a week and coloring and doing getting damn snacks and all that <laughs> stuff so um i wish i really would have known like what, what it was, was about it? Yeah. yeah and i could have took more advantage of it um because even back then i had a lot of stuff going on and i wish mm-hmm. i could have like expressed it thing but you know the whole thing of i wouldn't say being scared but like you know having that wall up about like what goes on in my house stay in my house right. so you don't want to tell mm-hmm. business yeah or tell things that you yeah, know you just don't know where it's seen. yeah yeah you don't know like what the outcome may be or like what yeah. like you telling this white person yeah. your business in your life and what goes on and you just don't know like how that can play out mm-hmm. but that's the thing fear is definitely a big part as to why um, a lot of black people don't Shy seek, away from yeah yeah why they don't seek mental health because you got to think like i'm afraid of one the stigma i'm afraid of what they might actually do because a lot or of might us might even be embarrassed of what you want to what you've been through or, yeah like actually reliving these traumas but also like i don't want people to see my family like, we always have to defend our people like we have to be like you know yes this is wrong but don't say nothing about this person or don't do this with this person and also that fear of being like if i'm too open and too honest my life can change like they can take away this or i can and i have that or this and this so it's it's a lot that i think when you actually have a safe space um and i love how mental health is being that people are more educated about it now um and i think our children knowing it at a certain age and at a younger age is only going to make them so much better Mm -hmm. because they are dealing with uh, like mentally the weight that kids have now is so different than what like i had weight but the way that they express it and well the way that they don't express it is so different like yeah i could be frustrated and i can be upset i could be this but it was never to the point where i knew or i even consider at that age like you know, I'm yeah, depressed point, or I'm this I and that. I think yeah. kids can um, express their feelings to their parents more. Yeah. Without it being like, accurately. Like, yeah, without it being like, you ain't got no damn feelings. This is my house or I'm the damn parent or you ain't, you shouldn't be feeling this way. You don't pay no bills. You don't, bills, don't go bills, to work yeah. or blah, 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 blah. So they like don't. Like bad things don't happen to kids. Yeah, they um, dismiss your feelings. But now I feel like parents actually listen and take their some. kids. Yeah, some take their kids' feelings into uh, um, accountability and then also let them get the help yeah. if they feel like, okay, maybe this is something that can help you out. We need to get to the deeper issue of why you're feeling this way. Yeah, I think that's that's really, like, the biggest thing. I'm all, like, let's find you adequate resources. Like, I say it all the time. I am a person that is like, yes, go to therapy. Yes, talk to someone. Yes, do this because I would rather in that moment, yeah, you're going to get through this shame. You're going to get through it. But imagine if this is actually the last thing and the person like, because people don't understand like therapy is not just you sitting and talking to somebody. This is somebody telling you and helping you put together tools to help you in the future. And also releasing. Yeah. Having all that on you and then being able to actually let it out. Yeah. Right. And also put it in perspective because there's certain things you don't even understand. Like I know my therapist taught me that um, like you carry weight in your body like when you are mentally um overwhelmed you carry weight in your body and i had to do like this exercise and i realized she was like where is this like when we talk about this where do you feel like a sensation and i can feel actually like in my body like this is in my chest and then a lot of emotional and mental problems can translate into the physical realm Mm. like you can have you know people passing out or people having um panic attacks like you said anxiety attacks these things are very real blood pressure going up like mm-hmm. that stuff is real the body is a crazy a crazy um adam i mean not adam honey whatever animal. the body is crazy it's crazy not animal i would say adam but <laughs> oh okay all body right it was very unique um if like currently right now uh, I know that. I, I just want to say, me and Trey are laid up like we're actually on therapy. <laughs> Y'all really are. Uh, Y'all really are. Um, when I the reason that I actually started out this time, like I had an experience or I had a moment where I just was like, I'm not myself. I went too far. I don't like who I was, and I need to understand why 
this is happening. Like I have to understand like what this was, where it came from and all of this. Like I just need to unpack this and I've been doing it. Like, you know, when you, when you start, it's really like mm-hmm. you go a lot. Actually doing the work. Yeah. Like I went, every, it was every week I was doing it and then you can push it back once I get like, okay, I have some tools. I know how to do this. Like even now it's certain things where it's like, okay, when I hear these words, I know that they make me feel this way. Don't go directly to that emotion. We have other things like resource this and do that, do this. And I know that it's really helped me, um, dealing with things that are regular, like, mm-hmm. I feel like if you got stuff that's regular stresses in your life, you definitely need to go and get the tools that you need. And I, don't, I why are you shamed for getting the proper tools for the job? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's crazy. Back to what Trey was saying about the stigma. I do hate, however, um, as just a man, we aren't, we are taught not to have feelings mm-hmm. and not to express our feelings. <laughs> oh, that was rude. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> that that was nasty. Um, How rude. but no like just even when uh, boys don't cry and um just like trying to um make it seem like it's feminine all that stuff like girls only do this girls only talk about that and stuff like that it does put a toll on men and set a standard for them of hiding their emotions and not want to talk about the emotions yeah i think that society does a a disservice to men all around when it comes to them taking care of themselves like to not let them take care of themselves emotionally without threatening their manhood not even barely taking care of themselves physically without threatening their manhood and it's just like how do you expect me to lead properly when I can't even properly take care of myself Mm -hmm. these are the people that's leading us like you are a man that can't talk about how you feel but you want to have children and you want people to be understanding. And then, like, when you lashing out and you angry and they got all this anxiety, it's like, we don't know why. Like, yeah, y'all are not properly doing resourcing in, which y'all need to resource in. And it's so many men. Um, like, even, like, I think, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but it was um, suicide awareness. And they were saying, like, the rate that men kill themselves, like, they are one of the biggest people that commit suicide. And it's because they are told you cannot express this. You cannot say this. Not, like, you know, they are shamed for doing it mm-hmm. so when you have to fight and then that when all those feelings and emotions are eating up at you yeah and you just feel like you're about to it's so much pressure built up and it's just like you don't want to know what the outcome of it might be because you just feel a way that you never feel and you can never express it so it's just like i don't want to feel this way because i can't express it or yeah. i'm told i can't express it or you don't even know how that's just the first thing like i don't even know how to tell people where this started how this feels because I have not been given the tools is legit. Like being a mime. Mm-hmm. And People then you want to be ostracized me. because something happened and yeah. you feel less of a man because that happened to you. And now you have to tell somebody. Yeah. So you rather just keep it to yourself. And then Let that trauma, every, you don't know. I mean, every time you are triggered, yeah. you're feeling away. And it's like, you don't want to talk to anybody or you don't want to deal with the problem. So now it's just a constant thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um I think for women because we're given the freedom to be so emotional, we still perpetuate not us per yeah, se, yeah, but yeah. women can still perpetuate that what he's just saying, like mm-hmm. I'm a woman, you acting like a whore, what you crying for, what you yeah. this or that. So it's like a man definitely can't even us. feel Oh no, oh I'm saying we feel the way about ourselves. Yeah, but not I'm saying about men, Well, yeah. we definitely feel about ourselves, but I'm saying like <laughs> in a male female dynamic a woman yeah, perpetuate, can perpetuate that and be like, yeah, he he too he soft. Crying, yeah. Like even girls be like, no, he too soft. He ain't it's like you want that hard up person, but do you even really know what's inside of that person? Like yeah. you want them to be pent up, hard up, don't care about nothing you do, you know, da 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 boom boom. But in reality, you shaming the person that's being vulnerable with you and you making yeah. it seem like vulnerability is such a bad thing. So it's like, all right, the roughneck era or all these girls wanna thug wanna they doing that as a cry for help because at the end of the day, they probably really are not that person, but yeah. they've been trained to be that person. That's who they had to adopt. So it's like you praise for being this tough exterior. And then at the same time, when you really get that person tough exterior, you're shame because it's like, why don't you open up to me? What the <laughs> hell do you want? Yeah. So now that's my battle right there. But I think for us, because we, our generation, our parents above us was very, what goes on the house stays in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, your feelings not meant to run you, stuff like that. Like, it's like when you're taught these things, you... You even when you do feel like you are at your wit's end, you, it's like we almost got a backup engine or like a generator in us. That's like mm. even when we at our end, this can't be the end because 
Yeah. It's no way. And I think that's the difference between our generation and theirs, like as far as like the suicide rates and stuff like that, or the ability to want to give up so fast. Yeah. Ours is we were enforced that giving up is not an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for them, even though it was negative, it we turned it into a positive. I hope that we're doing that. Yeah, and I also think that even seeking help or dealing with your mental health actually helps you heal so you don't mm-hmm. pass on that trauma. Yes, yes. Um, to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Like, that's been one of my biggest fears. Like, I legit was like, I would rather not have kids than traumatize them. Mm. And to the point where it's legit like, no. Like, if I am not in a position, if I'm not in a place where I can be healed and whole, and this is a life, that's a lifelong journey. So I've had to be more, um, give more grace to myself in that. But like, if I'm not in a positive, healthy place, if I'm not, if I don't have proper resources, I don't want to put my child through that because everybody cannot handle it. Everybody cannot take your weight and your trauma being perpetuated onto them. And what you was just saying about how we do men, I know I've been guilty of it several times because it's like, as a woman, we're taught like, this is what a man is. Just like a man is taught, this is what a man is. We get the same lesson. Mm -hmm. This is what a man should be. So as a woman, you want a man that does what they're going to do. And we equate being hard up and tough with being a a protector. So it's like, okay, if he this, if he that, people are not going to play with him, so I'm going to be safe. But at the end of the day, you really not because the monster is living with you, honey. It's, that's mm-hmm. in, the call is coming from the house. Mm-hmm. But um, I had to really grow up and mature in that area. And I hope a lot of women do that, too, where it's like you can ask someone to protect you and not have them sacrifice themselves at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, you know, I have uh, one of the people I talk to and it's very new for me, but like expressing his feelings way more than I do because I am unfortunately i'm hard up but like um he was very expressive with his emotions and things like that and i just would be like i am so turned off like this is not it for me but i had to really like check myself and be like that's crazy like how do you think you're gonna build something with someone and they can't express to you emotionally and then i can do this with my girlfriends like i can sit there we can talk we can they can tell me you know i had this rough day and this is this and i feel this way and i feel that and i'm like girl i understand but if a man sit there and be like this that like boy you better shut up and go to work Mm -hmm. like we always are quelling their desire to talk to us but demanding that they open up to us at the Mm -hmm. same time so i do understand that and that's why i have done more personally to know like what my boundaries are like yeah there are certain things that i'm gonna be like listen I don't feel safe in this. And as my man or whomever, you know, this is the stuff that I would need to be safe in. But more of that safety is more like financially and physically. But emotionally, I feel safe if a man is taking care of himself. Because if a man can take care of himself, then he'll be good for you. But nothing, like if you make a smoothie with spoiled fruit, honey, it's still going to be bad. And I think that's what people got to understand. If you starting with, you know, tainted products, the result is going to be tainted. So I really think if nothing else, we should get on this wave of, getting our black men and boys especially healed. Um, Child, because they need it the most. They do. They absolutely do. Um, Healed from the past and healed from the present. So it's just so much. And I'm just, I'm optimistic about where we're going because a lot of people have been offering it, like, you know, free this. Like Taraji did a whole thing where uh, she offered free therapy sessions to the men. Like, it was a certain amount of men, and it was like, you just go and sign in. And I told a lot of the men, like, you should do it. And uh, it was a lot of backlash, like, I don't need no therapy. I don't need, and I was like, just try the, it. The mindset that they were um, built to be in. Yeah, but I'm like, just try it. Like, you know, and I know one thing, like, love has been the biggest factor in how I've been able to promote people to go to therapy. Like, if I love somebody, or if they love me, I can say, like, this is what therapy is doing for me. Mm-hmm. go like even ray like he was telling me um because i said like you know i'm talking to my therapist he was like you go to therapy i said yeah do you know the constant stress that i'm under right. like do you understand especially just dealing with him like do you understand the constant pressure that i have period and he was like wow he was like you know what i never even thought because the only time he got sent to therapy is because it was crime related right. and like like dream said like when you're sent there and you don't understand the value that it has you don't use it for what it's supposed to be used for mm-hmm. so He's like, yeah, they sent me in a room to talk to this doctor. And I told this doctor, I'll kill you. And now he's in the crazy house. Yeah, now he in the crazy house. So it's like. Oh, he's at the wrong place. The same asylum. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Let's press the button. <laughs> so, yeah, he was like, the white man talking about, do you feel like you want to harm yourself or others? He said, I feel like I want to harm you. And I said, <laughs> you don't, don't say know that. Know he don't know what to say his mouth. And they legit, they sent him to the crazy house. But it was just like, um, 
now when I say certain things and him seeing the benefits of it, he's like, you know, I'm glad that you're taking that step and you going to therapy and you doing the stuff to make you good because I see that it works for you. Mm-hmm. So he respects it. So I have a question, um, and I'm not going to be the first to answer this. Uh, Ooh, it's going to be Troy. Um, so what is a form of therapy that you guys do outside of actually seeing a professional? I listen to music a lot. Like I find that when I listen to music, it just makes me so calm and I don't feel so ahead of myself. Like I constantly feel ahead of myself. Like my thoughts outrun me. And most of the times when my thoughts are around me, my feelings are catching up to that and I'm reacting impulsively to a lot of things. So, like, I find, like, when I'm listening to music and I'm just getting stuff done, it's like I just get lost in time and I be, I feel one with myself. And, I mean, that's just something small. Like, there are other things you can do, like outlets, like, obviously, but. So, what type of music is it? Is it music with a message that are, like, change your vibe or your mood? Yeah, it depends. I mean, more R&B, but it just depends on, like, I don't know. It just be coming to me. Like, I feel like I need to hear something that's soothing or something, like, if I feel very, like, anxious. Because, like, I'm just coming to the terms that the fact that I get anxious a lot more than I thought I did. So now that I'm coming to that realization, it's like, okay, what do we do when we feel super anxious? Do we act impulsively and we ruin things for the rest of the week? Or do we, like, remember when I said before an episode when I was like, I like to take time by myself to figure out how mm-hmm. I feel? That's another thing. Like, being by myself, it gives me time to run my brain from one end of the earth to the other until it tires out. And then I can figure out where do I stand and where do I fall. Because if I don't get that time to myself, I kind of, I'm coming at you full speed. And that's not even my destination. But you're getting hit in the process of me trying to get to the other end of, the, of my brain. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, I'm like, sometimes you need to take time and slow it down and think and figure out Mm -hmm. what are you really feeling? What's the root issue? Because as we know, a lot of the issues that we've had or I've had with people like in a situation that came up recently when y'all was like, I just think that your anger is misdirected at this situation. You know, I mean, I agree to disagree in certain areas, but at the same time, it was like you so focused on this when that's not even really the root that's an effect of it but it's not the root but had i you know took time to unpack that and figured it out you know so i'm just learning to take that time to process before i go at things 100 speed okay me so i'm all about release and refresh so that's i like to get you guys together and just talk about how i felt or how i'm feeling and that really does a lot for me that's it yeah. about refresh <laughs> oh um. Yeah, I feel refreshed after I release. You'll say he goes to the bathroom. Got it. It's like no. Um, for me, honestly, one of the biggest uh ways that I deal with stress outside of therapy, um, is like prayer, prayer, and definitely worship. It's like to be able to go and lay all of my weights on something else and to leave it. Like, look, I'm saying it all. I'm getting it all out. So kind of the same sort of releasing way, but like to feel like. I'm re- I'm turning it to someone that cares and that has the tools to fix it. Because I think the thing is, like, if I think about, like, my car, if I'm driving my car and it's broken, I'm stressed because I don't know how to fix this. I have no clue. But if I take it to a mechanic, there's a calm that I get because this person is educated, they're knowledgeable, they have more direction than me, and they have a better chance of fixing it. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that for me. And I, I know, like, um, after my birthday, I had a very, like, high emotional time. And I legit got in my car. I turned on my worship music and I like just cried and prayed. And I just felt so much better after that because it was a release that I needed. And I also, the worship music, and this is why I listen to worship music. Because at first I hated church music as a, as a Christian. I hated church music because I felt like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jesus is now forevermore. Jesus is king. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um when I did it, the the worship music is refreshing and refilling my spirit to be like, you can do this. You know, you're stronger than this. You have help. You have, like, it literally is helping me to feel like, there, there's this one song I went to see, I don't know if y'all probably don't know, Chandler Moore and like Maverick City Music, whatever. No. Anyway, yeah, no. so he has this song and I was just really struggling in myself and the words were just like, you know, God, to you. yeah, like God chose you. God loves you. You, you matter. You're valuable. Like these are the words of the the worship song, mm. and I legit was like, I could just cry. That's right why now. I asked Trey, do she listen to music what with t- a yeah. message? Oh, so like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't do worship, it's definitely more like you know, 
soulful like r&b like things mm-hmm. that are like you like i love um Nas's i can you know tupac's keep your head up uh beyonce like she got a bunch of good songs like you can do it. yes absolutely but you know another thing i do too i read like oh really? if i feel like like i use music to calm me down but if i feel like there's an answer or something that i'm not like Oh, I'll yeah. Google stuff and I'll read forms. I'll read like, because yeah. I just like to get a different take or perspective on situations or try to see things from other point of views. Like, because sometimes I feel like a burden when I keep asking people mm-hmm. stuff. And like, y'all know I got a bad habit of asking you this and then I'm asking you the same thing. And you're like, Trey, why the hell you keep talking about it? It's because I be trying to get different perspectives yeah. because I, I, it's not that I don't trust my own perspective. It's just if I can see the situation from, from a different point of view, it'll help me make a better decision. And I feel like it can be annoying. So sometimes I'll just like clam up and I'll be like, I'll just Google something. (laughs) Like I am a Google Google fanatic. I Google everything. I be like, I swear. I just be reading like anything that crosses my mind. Like, I need that constant stimulation. Actually, speaking of Google, I remember you Googling how to make crack. Stop <laughs> <laughs> putting my business out there. Not that's her I was in high school and I was about to hit a turning point of now my she life. Now making, she making something that's not Pepsi. Unfortunately, this was early YouTube but they wasn't letting us see that type of stuff. Now you can just like, turn on the God TV. God damn it. Look, see back then I was like, Don't I'm be missing, like Kane in there. Yeah, I'm missing search. a step. I would have been his ass if I yeah, would have did would've. it when I saw um, another thing that I he do. He'll never let that go. He's like, Trey, remember that time he was trying to make crack? <laughs> he probably was like, I okay, can't believe this look, girl. I'm glad um, I didn't. Damn, yeah, feds. Thank God. But another thing I do is I do something that I enjoy and I take personal time. Like, um, my thing that like, I really used to do just to give me peace of mind was like going to the movies. And because I work early when I go to the movies, it's like just me, Gertrude, and. Um, and Esther in there, so it's <laughs> really sorry, not. A lot. It's really not a lot of people. I get the senior discount tickets. I normally go on Tuesdays, so it's half off. And then I just sit there and I just take and film because film is something that. I enjoy like it makes me feel happy I get to feel other people like I get to experience other people's emotions and I have to sit in my own mm. it's like oh we can go through a movie and typically most movies end like on a happier note it's like they go through something it's also inspirational yeah. like they go through something really bad but at the end they get through it unless you know they've been doing a lot of little depressing stuff here lately but they go through it it's really hard um I think Roll Bounce was the first movie that broke my heart that way but we, we can get to that later um no he did not fall yo, I, I couldn't been believe he lost I was like he gotta movie. win they always win that's when they need the q skate man from atl get up it's okay <laughs> but um yeah that's something i do or like i'll go out or i'll try to create because i know those things bring me happiness like doing things that bring you happiness when you know that you need a release mm-hmm. and i think a lot of um our parents or the other generation like they didn't have the option or the ability to do that because of their responsibilities like you can't always just be like yeah i'm a mother but I'm I'm stressed out, so I'm just gonna go do this. Like it's not always that easy, especially when you don't have a support system, when you have to be the only one with your children. Like you can't just be like I'm gonna have a day, and that's why I think a support system is very important because people should be able to notice when your load is getting heavy and bring attention to it in an assisting way. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like I know I can see when y'all get heavy, and I'll be like, Hey, you okay? You good? Like y'all want to talk? What's going on? Because even just speaking to people and getting that weight off helps. Mm-hmm. And I know me, like, if I can't, if I have nothing, I just listen and be like, you know how you guys say, you got to be like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, that's all dang, I got that's for crazy. you. But also but always listen. opening up and letting people know that they're not alone in their struggle can be assisting them in getting through their struggle. So that's something that I like to do. I like to be transparent to people that I care about so that they know that this is, even though it's hard right now, it's not hopeless. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, also, people use the gym as therapy too. Yeah, like people I need really to do get. That. Look, I ain't got that I, dedication, I think, baby, but I, I can I can see it. It's like trying to ignore it with using other entities. Mm. Not necessarily because it's an outlet too. Yeah, it is an outlet. But you're still not talking about it. You're just trying to submerge it into doing something else. So keeping busy doing something else. I is, mean, I it depends like, if it's it can be a healthy or unhealthy outlet. Yeah, that's why I feel just like, like the people who party. In yeah. reality, they might just like dancing and music, but if you add partying with drinking and drugs, it can be an unhealthy. It just changes your emotion, but it doesn't change the, the fact situation. that you're going through something. But I mean, therapy doesn't doesn't always change what you're going through either. It changes your emotion and your perspective on mm-hmm. what you're going through. But so, therapy also gives you solutions. Correct? Yeah, it does give you tools. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But um, like Trey said, there are people that do a lot of things to escape their emotional and mental un. Not, I don't because say if you think about it, that's not, another way of like 
adding on to your trauma because you try yeah, to stay busy. But, just like if a person be like, I got to drink because I don't want to think about this yeah. rather than talking about it and getting a solution. Now, that's why you was, have to keep the opioid epidemic. Yeah, is you have crazy to keep drinking in order to yeah, because, bury. Because you never learn how right. to properly deal with it. So you keep masking it. And I think that's we are in a, a generation now where that is what's happening. Like I mean, it's been forever. People have always used um yeah, substances always been the go-to to, yeah to ignore the trauma but it's it's really hard to sit in it like i know being vulnerable is like top very hard for me like it's so hard because it's just like to sit and to be open with somebody and trust that they won't hurt you is not i'm not comfortable doing that so applaud all the people that's vulnerable but people have turned to other things that can give them temporary relief because they don't ever think they get in permanent relief Mm-hmm. so it's like yeah i'll drink because if i don't drink i'm gonna have to sit in this problem and nobody can help me with it so at least i can get five seconds of freedom as right. opposed to like you know i can get a night where i can enjoy a night because tomorrow i gotta wake up and live this nightmare again and again and again so um i just hope that people do replace it like until you can solve it do replace it with better things right. like replace the bad with the good so that you can get to the great and the, and the healed yeah that's 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 big um and then on top of that i think we really 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 got a double whammy in our generation we just first of all as black people alone yeah and just this generation we deserve double reparations we've been through 9-11 a pandemic the stock market crash we still in a damn pandemic you might as well say we surviving our parents right <laughs> then we got all types of goddamn we breaking generational curses then yeah. we got the goddamn we coming from parents that suppressed everything and pushed us out the nest before we was ready. Yeah. We got financial woes. Can I just go back and double down on this? I Because I've been looking at Charlemagne the God's page this oh, whole this time. Oh, this is the one that you said that I liked? Okay, um, go ahead. I'm not sure. Pa- Damn, that pause. This yeah. was, <laughs> he said, girl, what the hell are you talking about? This was just in what you call him, like, um, masking your trauma, whatever. It's mm-hmm. a quote on his page that's saying, Feeling the need to always be busy all the time is a trauma response and a fear-based distraction from what you're forced to acknowledge and feel if you slow down, it will be brought to yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, it's you get back to, yeah, it's, it can get back to you. Um, and another thing I like, like social media has been really good in helping people get access to more as far as um, mental health resources. Like I know I follow therapists on um, like Instagram. There's somebody on TikTok and she like basically like breaks down like when you do this. Now, of course they be going real far. Like put a finger down if you're black, put a <laughs> finger down if you have toes, put a finger, you're crazy. Like I hate those, but like they are legit therapists that will explain to you like when this happens or when that happens, like me learning about trauma response. I didn't know this language and how to properly use it until somebody educated me. Mm. So when something bad has happened, you react as if something bad can always happen and that's basically what trauma response is so it's like oh wow i didn't like that makes sense it's just common sense but to know like okay if you tripped and fell down the stairs now you might have an aversion to stairs because you have a pain that you associate with that all the time and to get through that pain you have to you know go to the stairs and see that yes i fell when i was three and i got a scar but i'm now 13 and i know how to walk stairs and i have control of myself i have balance like Factors have changed. So how I see this can change too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing. Like we don't give ourselves enough credit for the changes that we make and are making. Like you said, like we out here literally doing things that have not been done in our family, in our generations, in any sort of asset. And sometimes we forget that. Like the you have the ability to change how you see things just like you have the ability to change your clothes. It's really about what you want to do. But you won't know that if you are not taking care of your mental health because mental dexterity comes from working it out all right uh yeah uh i would say i guess a question if there was a moment like do you think at any point being younger there was a time like if you actually had therapy you think you would be like maximize it like it was Mm. something that you went through and it was like if i had therapy at this moment oh my god i know if i had i needed a therapist at 19 Mm. bad because I went through a situation and it was something that was so devastating for me mentally and emotionally that I didn't know how to handle it. And I didn't, I never even thought that a therapist was mm. what I needed. Yeah. But instead I turned to drugs. Mm. Yes, I was on a drug. <laughs> it the was not crack whore. <laughs> it was a little. She figured out how to make it. Y'all. I was like, I'm a joking, little I'm joking. Perk ain't never hurt nobody. 
And I, I mean, I'm not ashamed of that because one thing, like Dream was saying off air, he was just like, you know, when you know you, you yeah. can't, can't nobody throw him. Like, yeah, when I was like 19, I did have a little prick problem, but it was because one, what I think people don't realize about right now in the epidemic we are in, mm-hmm. and this honestly is a big thing on the East Coast, well, they pop pills on the West Coast. No, it's okay. way, no. way. They do coke on the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, they like to get up, not get down. Well, we that's get because up they, up can, here. they can smoke weed over Look, the West we, Coast. Yeah, because we can. We gets up over here, not down. But like, it makes you numb. Like, you don't yeah. feel anything. And when I got introduced to it, to me, it it wasn't what it is now. Like, mm. it was the early parts of it. Oh, like, okay. it was still uh, under wraps thing. It was, pre, pre, uh, it was mean, nobody, yeah, we didn't really know the effects, yeah. what it could really do, or how hard it was to kick, because it was still, like, this was new. Like, mm-hmm. this was a new thing. Like, everybody wasn't doing it. And when I did, it was like a, I would say like a year. But when I did do it, for me, what I was going through, I just felt like this makes nothing, I feel nothing. And, that's and when than and feeling, feeling, what I was feeling, yeah, and, and because I don't know where the release is, how to get the release, I don't know what. This is the best thing for me. And in doing that, I became a person I never wanted to be. And I did things that I felt like, not like those things, y'all. I'm just saying I did things and I I lashed out and I reacted. Like the emotions were still there when you think about it. Yeah, it's just the suppression of it was deeper. That it took way more to get those reactions. But it it come with side effects like anything. So it it got to a point of my life where I had to just make a decision. I was just like, this isn't who I want to be anymore. Because I believe in you live a thousand lives in one. You can change who you want to be any day. You can get up tomorrow and say, this ain't me no more. That ain't me no more. It's all about your choice and what it is you want. And, you know, I have seen people who was on that same wave as me who, you know, they can still be there or people who haven't or haven't realized that that can be a problem is a problem, like any drug or anything you choose to do. But you got to know the root of why you're doing it. And it's either you want to confront that and find another way to get through it or you going to kind of get lost in it. And, yeah, I mean, that for me, I just didn't. I just thought I was like, mm, make me feel good. I don't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun. But when I realized, like, what it was doing to me as a person, it made me realize, like, damn, this not even the me I want to be. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you, because what you said, I think uh, it humanizes an experience that people typically ignore yeah, people. or villainize. Yeah. And it's a lot of people that have immense pain and things that we'll never know about, things that are they struggle with to this day that they have no control over and they try to use the you know drugs and sometimes definitely way worse drugs to mask something that they just can't understand and they can't comprehend so you being this transparent i really appreciate that and i hope that you know the listeners can find the ability to do the same thing Mm. um and just showing like yeah when you get resources when you find ways out you can have better choices but what was it it was um what's that show we like with uh carrie washington and Reese Witherspoon, um, you know the one. Did you, you Little Fires, fires Everywhere? Yes. Little Y'all Fires. Love that. I just it was good. So it. it was the the one episode where, um, spoiler alert, the Asian uh, mother she had. I don't think that's right. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna say it. Um, but she right, only had she only had a little bit of money. Like literally, it was they showed the white girl getting on the bus and she was like, "Oh, I'm this amount short," and it was like, "Oh, just go ahead, you fine." The Asian girl was the same amount short. And she needed to feed her child. And he was like, no, we want that money. Mm-hmm. And so she couldn't feed her child and ended up giving her child away because she could not feed it. So it's like you have this white girl that literally white <laughs> that literally got a pass on something that has changed forever the life of this Asian woman. Mm-hmm. And that just really showed me. And uh, I think they had a conversation, the black mother and the white mother. And she was telling her, like, I am literally the result of the choices that I have like who I am is because of the opportunities that I am given or not given and I think that's really the thing like there are people like you were saying therapy was a white thing for a very long time Mm -hmm. because they had access to it because it was their resource but for us it wasn't that so 
y'all had a way to say, I need to talk to somebody. I need to get help. I need to do this, which is crazy because they are the ones that actually are more psychotic. So they're not mm. using it right anyway. But mm. like y'all had an outlet. Y'all had people that y'all can go to. Y'all had stuff. Y'all had that resource. So y'all didn't have to turn to, you know, what we had to turn to. Whereas black people, black people literally was like, we don't have the ability to talk to somebody. We don't have the ability to do this. Y'all making them so far away from us. The prices are crazy. So the buses are nasty. <laughs> so like it was so much to try to do to get that resource that they felt like it's just worth. It's not worth it. Before I let Sister Trinice close us out, hold on one last words. thing. They oh. also said black men use getting money as a trauma response, and mm. I was like, dang, like it. yeah, that obsession to, with trying to be a rich person. Like, because you oh. think that people think money will solve it. Mm -hmm. yeah. They think like if I can what take care of more money, more problems, honey. That's what they say. I tried to drink it. Away. Yo, that yeah, song right that there, song really Crazy in the, the Sky, is literally like basically. You trying to do all of this stuff to mask something that you have to face and you have to deal with and figure out. And if you can't face it that day, wait until you get the strength to face it. But never think that masking it is going to make it go away. Mm. Okay, I just wanted to answer your question about when you feel like you needed therapy. Yeah, I think after your grandmother died, I think that's when mm. I needed it the most. Because not getting it, I think it formed me into the person I am today. Mm. Which some people would see good, but I think i have a lot of bad things or yeah. like how i shut people off or how i don't deal with people and how i carry people or situations is because the loss of my grandmother and then not you know being yeah. able to deal with that trauma yeah. so i just had a coping mechanism and sometimes it's for the bad but sometimes yeah. it's for the good Right, it's what protects you, yeah. but mm -hmm. it. But I feel like it takes a lot for me, a lot also. It does, um, because I know uh, that was another, and then it leaks into everything. My friendships, it my does. love life, it does, because I made myself this way because I suppressed my feelings and how I felt at that time, and that was like, it's a lot of work that got to be undone to get yeah, you out where the yeah. undoing. Yeah, oh, the undoing. That was a horrible series as well. No, it was, it was alright, but um, yeah. I know grandma's death was definitely another major reason for me to go to therapy because I, we've never experienced a grief this deep. Mm -hmm. We've been mm -hmm. fortunate to not have lost people like that. Like we've lost like great aunts, like that were close to us that we love, but like to lose our grandmother, like it was just like I, my, first of all, you just don't experience. I mean, you can experience a death, but of a death of a person, it's not every day. Okay. Yeah. You just died yesterday. I'm used to it. You gonna die? Yeah, again. like literally, it's yeah. no yeah, way. It's and still trying to wrap your head around the fact like this person is not here. Like it's like they say, grief is not linear. Like there's not like okay, you just gonna go up. Like grief is legit, like a roller coaster. Like oh, it's good, and then one day you see something like we get triggered very often because, mm -hmm. and I say it all the time, like I don't know if our grandmother being so involved in our life at a certain point was good or bad. Because sometimes I'm like, I'm very happy she was so involved when she was here. But now that she's gone, we're so aware that she's gone mm -hmm. because she did so much. That's the part. That um, like. But yeah, like going to therapy has really helped me be real about my grieving process and to be understanding of myself. And I think that's something that we as black people don't do. Like if we sad about something, it's like she's been dead for five years. Y'all need mm -hmm. to be over it by now. Like, no, gr therapists will tell you like it's very natural and normal, especially when you hit certain you points in life. you got a bunch of triggers also. Yeah. You can be cooking one day and be sad. My grandma used to cook with me. Yeah. But mm -hmm. knowing that. You and could be shitting. <laughs> my grandma used to wipe my ass. Like, when I was a baby, my grandma used to wipe my butt. That's really how it be though. It's true. But like going to therapy has definitely been an asset to me, help, helping me on my grief journey helping me to notice when i am you know getting low or like i am like things are leaking into other things like i know like her anniversary or her, her death was just recently and that's really hard for me because it's near my birthday and i always have this guilt because um when she got sick i was definitely like i became one of the main caretakers for her and i couldn't even celebrate my birthday because i was so worried like i don't want to leave her i don't want to not see her i want to and she like you know told me to go i went out of state and then when i came back she had passed and i had so much like what am i celebrating when the person i care the most about is not here so i have literally just gotten through that cycle recently and that's years like years since she's passed um, but that took me like literally talking to people and explaining like, you know what? I don't know what it is, but around this time I get sad and having a therapist say what it is, is this, what it is, is that this is why you feel that way. And have somebody explain it to you. It's like, oh my gosh, wow. Like that makes sense. It's literally like getting a tutor for a, a problem that you can't solve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I but, think I didn't, I didn't feel anything until then. 
Like, I didn't, I was so used to suppressing everything that I felt that when she did pass, I was like, this is unsuppressible. Like, this yeah. is something that I can pretend isn't real. Even though I tried to really bad, it was just like, I was seeing y'all reactions was more organic and mine was, I still, like, in some way, I still feel like a guilt that I wasn't as emotional as everybody else. But it's not that I didn't feel the same way that y'all did. It was just... I was just naturally already on autopilot suppression. Everybody don't grieve the same. Yeah, Everybody and that's another thing. Emotions. That's yeah, another like, thing. So I felt bad about myself a while because I'm like, I'm not crying as much as y'all. I'm not giving that. But that doesn't mean I don't feel the same way. So yeah. when those feelings did come, it's like I had to learn to embrace them yeah. and be like, it's okay that you feel this way today. Or, you know, like for me, I just so haven't always kept 721 on the clock. And that became something that I could connect to mm-hmm. and make it a different memory. Yeah. But we wrapping this up at this point. Yeah. So what I'm supposed to read per dream uh, to protect your mental health. It's okay to block people who disrespect you. Say no when it doesn't suit you. Grow out of friendships and let go of them when they no longer serve Oops, you. <laughs> <laughs> not, Ooh, my immediate, not immediately reply to text messages. Socially withdraw when you're overwhelmed. Your mental health matters. Please prioritize it. Amen. I completely agree with everything. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another episode of Cocktails and Cousins. You guys can follow me on Instagram at DreamTheDoll. That's J-R-E-A-M-T-H-A-D-O-L-L. And we hope you guys subscribe, like, leave a comment, let us know. Follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Cousins. And follow me on Instagram at Nizzy89 or my business page, Shooter07. And of course, always Cinco de Mula in here. You know the spelling C-I-N-C-O-D-E-M-U-L-A. Wipe me down. Wipe me down. <laughs> so yeah, follow us, like, subscribe, let us know what y'all think. Hit us in the DMs, all that. See y'all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.